0: X Pac 12360, featuring weekly news, insider commentary, and interviews with superstars, past and present, from the world of pro wrestling. A new day is
2: dawning for DX And now, your host, Sean X Pac Wolfman. Welcome to X Pac 12360, everyone. Thank you for tuning in again. I hope everyone had an amazing week of pro wrestling indulgence because it was it was a great one this weekend uh anyways and what are we going to talk about today christy
3: well it was a very pro wrestling weekend here in uh, sunny los angeles where i know you sean were backstage at both survivor series and takeover so we're going to get all of sean's thoughts and hear the juicy scoop on what went on behind the scenes as much as we can get out of him at least Mm -hmm. you know we're also going to be talking about the one enzo amore and the big interruption from sunday's show not only that but david arquette had, some, uh, had an interesting weekend as well, shall yeah. we say? And I know Sean has a ton of thoughts about that. So thank you for coming to hang out with us today. My name is Christy Olsen. What's up, Jimbo? Hi. How,
1: are, how is it? <laughs> oh, there we go. I'm here. You I'm here are with my here? Kevin or uh, Cassius Ono shirt that he gave out on Friday. He was out at Game Changer Wrestling just giving out shirts to fans. I saw that, that online. Awesome. Mm. Loved it. What's up, Denise?
4: What's up? I'm excited. I, I like that you said that there's tons of wrestling to talk about because I don't remember a newsworthy week as much as this one in recent times. Yeah. And, and you were there, right? F- yeah, I did uh, NXT and Raw.
2: Yeah, tell me your tell me about your weekend. Yeah, speaking of the microphone here, it sounds a lot better when I do that, right? <laughs> Tell me about your weekend, because I didn't see you all weekend, but I know you were out and about everywhere and did I'm, a lot of stuff.
4: I was. I was actually very excited, because as I mentioned earlier, I got to work with Disney, which yeah. was very incredible. It was an opportunity that fell from the sky, and they actually ended up really liking me a lot. Yeah, and I'm but, hoping to work with them in the future. So
2: was it involving wrestling, the Disney thing?
4: No. Oh, oh is that what you were calling? Yes.
2: <laughs> <laughs> no, I told totally you, you think the mouse was getting into the biz, Sean? Oh, maybe my that God. One, that one, I mean, these days, I wouldn't be that know. big of a stretch.
4: Yeah, definitely not going to happen. Okay. Definitely not. Anyway, Stinn just, just went to NXT TakeOver, had a blast, saw yeah. you on the big screen, which, by the way, it was funny. Oh. I had just checked your Twitter. And I was like, oh, let me see what Sean's thoughts are on the show. And I was like, oh, maybe he isn't watching. And then I look up, and bam, there you were on the screen. And <laughs> I was I like, was. all right, now we know what's going on.
2: <laughs> yeah, they asked me earlier to come do that. Did they so, send you to,
3: to the WWE Glam Squad for your big close-up?
2: What do you mean? Like makeup? Yeah. No. <laughs> no. they just came and got me out of catering. No, I wasn't in catering. I was up at the gorilla position. I was sitting at the uh, at the bridge of the Starship Enterprise. Uh, that's what it looks like in there. Yeah. But um, no, I was sitting in there and they came, hey, we're ready. We've been looking for you. Thought you were going to be in catering. Um, <laughs> So, yeah, no, we just did that real quick, and it was fun. Lou got some camera time, and uh, everyone seemed like a lot of people... Liked it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the peep, the crowd, the crowd popped uh, big in the arena, and I'm—I don't have any delusions that it was really for me. <laughs>
4: there's Lula fan <laughs> accounts now. If you didn't know, there's Lula uh, fan accounts. I saw them as I was scrolling through um, Twitter. There should be.
2: <laughs> she should be in than than here than right way. now. Where the hell is she? she? Should be. She's outside, right? Yeah. Okay.
4: Did they introduce you so. as the host of
3: XPOC One Two Three Sixty?
2: No. Oh, okay. <laughs> no. That would
1: have been awesome.
2: <laughs> So, yeah, no, that was fun. It was nice. It felt good. I'm it's sure. like getting a little taste, you know, of... Anyways. <laughs> yeah, it was fun. <laughs> but uh, what an amazing show NXT TakeOver was, as usual.
3: Yeah, and I know the guys like having you backstage, too.
2: I enjoy it. I uh, Well, it's just, you know, it's like... I don't like to use the expression old home week, but I just did. Yeah. Um, <laughs> You know, it's fun. I I go there and um, there's Sean, Paul, you know, uh, Matt Bloom, and just all these people that, you know, had, you know.
3: It's a lot of history there. Yes,
2: a lot of history with all these people. And just, okay, just watching. uh, You know, when you watch how everything comes together, Mm -hmm. you know, you've seen it. And and, um, there's so much that goes on uh, for... For all of that to happen, for everyone to be able to, you know, to see that, that finished product. Like, just, I mean, just forget forget about all the production and the 18 semis full of stuff they have to load in and, you know, all that. And um, just the actual production aspect of it and, the you know, all the talent, mm-hmm. you know, getting what they need to do down. And, you know, uh, all of these things... That everyone needs to be so sure about because um, you know lives are at risk. You know the safety. You know you know each other's safety because I mean, we're going out there and doing all this incredibly dangerous shit. And you know, I mean, and, and the bar is raised so high. On the things that were done,
3: absolutely. You know? And I know they that for NXT they work on those matches in the weeks before at the PC. But of course, there's final rehearsals day of. Do you stand ringside for rehearsals? Are you there, kind of watching, or do you not well, want to get spoiled?
2: It's not like rehearsal. It's like uh, you everybody's see, working on their matches. Yeah, it's not like a rehearsal where you go uh, watch a, a, re- a rehearsal of a play or mm-hmm. you know things like that. You know, it's not like no one's going through a dry run of one of these matches because, like, you can't do it. Right. But you know, every, you're not going to do a dry run of a double in, moon. So they're, they're, walking the of, out. they're walking it out.
3: They're walking it out. They're getting their stuff straight. Like you say, they have to be prepared, and that's what they spend time doing yeah. beforehand. Are you there for that?
2: Some of I them. Mean, yeah. Are yeah. people
3: asking your advice? Yeah, like, but
2: what, they, yeah. okay, here's the thing they got there at 11, call time was 11 a.m. Mm-hmm. You know, so I'm not gonna be there at 11 a.m. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, so that that's that. I'm just to give you an idea what the, what their day is like. That's 11 o'clock, and I mean, well, you know, we're out here on the on the West Coast, so it goes. You know, what, what the show started out for. Mm-hmm.
3: All right, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to, to take you to this boring place. Yeah. What I was trying to get more, at I, I is, before yeah, no the shit. show, I, the, all the roster, they are there. They are nervous. They know what they need to do. Are they asking you for advice? Are they seeking you out, X-Pac, as a legendary wrestler who has done this before? And are they asking you, like, dude, yes. what should I do?
2: Yes, and, and feedback afterwards. Yeah, yeah. So, Like, I remember calling up and just, like, telling Gargano how, what the hell... Wow. And not to skip in the matches, but, you know.
3: Let's do it. No, we want to get to the good stuff. Yeah.
2: I remember telling him. And he's like, do you have any feedback, any pointers? I'm like, man, the shit you guys are doing right now is so next level, like cutting edge. I really, I'm just going to stand back and enjoy it. And we can pick shit apart, you know, at a later date. (laughs) 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 If there's anything to pick apart.
1: Was he happy about that? What? that that was the advice you gave him like yeah keep doing your thing and there's no point in me knocking you down yes
2: yeah just keep building you up yeah because it was just about as flawless of a match you know as as it gets these days Mm -hmm. not that that is not that that is like always what makes a great match because like you can have things that don't go right in there and you know it's doesn't take away it's just that's what happens out there it's just i just i watched that match in particular and i thought it was the one that i i liked the most
4: it was interesting because speaking of that i feel that technically speaking that was the best match that yeah. was my favorite match however i don't think that that's the way the crowd felt because if mm-hmm. you notice they popped more for the mid for the Velveteen dream match and yeah. Tommaso champa mm-hmm. and it was interesting the two different dynamics because i even went after the show and i posted on twitter like you know, I think this match was better, but everybody seemed to love this match that much more. Yeah. So I don't know, you know, whether it was a story, the hype, the felt that pe- the, the the thought that people actually thought Dream had a chance to win. But I just thought how interesting it was that the that the Gargano match was so good, but the Velveteen Dream match became good because of the so fact of the crowd.
2: Yes, and and also the the uh, you know the Velveteen Dream character, the persona. Just the and the the, the relationship yeah. between the Velveteen Dream and the the NXT fans,
1: and him coming out as Hollywood Hogan <clears throat> in L. A. That was so good. His all his, of the leg drops. Oh man, everything. Boy, he
2: even did it like Hulk. He even did the leg drop like Hulk. Oh yeah, that was just like Hulk did it. Oh, I'm, I'm, hey everyone, we're showing a little B roll of uh, of the highlight of that match. I and mean, I, I probably this isn't probably the highlight at all, is it, Mark?
0: Oh, this one? There, yeah. There's a lot. I this was a hell of a, of a of a match to be at the arena for. I've always been a huge Velveteen Dream supporter. Yeah. So seeing him in this position in this role and be, him being able to eat up the crowd and the crowd eating him up and Ciampa just denying every single opportunity was yeah. so interesting. And and Denise, where you say that this match was, was a lot of people's favorites. I I they're two completely different matches and they have two amazing highlights. The technical highlight was that. I think the story h- highlight was this match, the dream match, because yeah. it was a lot of character stuff.
2: And okay, just the build up to the match. Like, if you're watching NXT, which I don't get to see as much as you know, like probably I don't know if you get, if y'all watch it every week, but I don't I watch get every to, week. Okay, so like the build up for it's been great, and and I think that has a ton to do with why people cared about that match so much, and um, and then they had. Velveteen Dream wrestle, uh Lars Sullivan, right? And he got beat, right? Yeah, But, you know, with interference or whatever. So, um, that usually, like, gets the fans that think they're in the know thinking, okay, Velveteen Dream, Dream's gonna win the title,
3: mm-hmm.
2: you know? And so it was a neat little way you know, that they s- I just liked how they built this matchup. I-, I-, I thought it was well done, and I thought it was Okay, let's make him think this and then we're going to do that. And I don't think that Velveteen Dream not, you know, bringing home the the championship, I don't think that hurts Velveteen Dream at all. He doesn't need it, does he? I don't think so. I mean, it, you know, it doesn't hurt, but, you know, you put it on him, and you just got to figure out how to get it back off of him.
3: Right. So, so that he can go to the main roster?
2: Probably. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't know how how, how in a hurry anyway any one of those guys are uh, to move up to the main roster.
1: Mm-hmm. Lars Sullivan has been getting the vignettes that he's headed to the main roster.
0: Yeah, they announced that Survivor Series, and then on Raw they showed another Lars Sullivan promo, so he's probably headed to Raw. Oh, is that why they did
2: the Keith Lee thing? Are they going to have him like put Keith Lee over on the way out the door to the main roster?
0: More than likely. That seems like the most possible yeah. course of action.
2: Yeah, so um, anyways, okay, let's just, you know, since I'm jumping around all over the Freaking place here. Um, Let's go back to the beginning of of TakeOver, the Matt Riddle uh, Cassius Ohno deal. Matt
1: Riddle's debut at at a TakeOver. Yeah. Ends it really quick. One flying knee to the face and it's done.
2: Yeah, I was sitting there. I was talking to to Hunter at the, you know, before that one. And I was was like, hey, have you ever seen uh, Riddle and 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 ono work because they've had matches before mm-hmm. you know and really good ones mm-hmm. and he's like yeah but they're not going to have a match tonight and then he kind of told me the whole thing and and it's a i like that i like where they're going with that it's gonna give it's gonna give uh, ono something to get like a fire under his ass about and you know kind of
4: i think know, the cool turn up, part,
2: turn up a notch or two for him
3: he's someone who's who's kind of struggled in nxt the last couple of years wouldn't you say
2: well, I mean he always has
3: or having a place yeah, found for him. And
2: it's always going to I think it's it's it's, it's I think there's there might only, there, there might always be a little frustration there for him because sometimes we oh, it it can cuz I've felt it when mm-hmm. when we're not used how we feel like we should be used, yeah. you know, and it just it, it hurts sometimes when and it shouldn't be anything personal, but this is our life, so it's hard not to take things personal. Mm-hmm. But when when the boss or somebody doesn't look at you the way you want them to look at you, they don't see what you want them to see. Mm-hmm. Like they, it's not, you know, that they don't like you personally or whatever. And but it can feel like that sometimes. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and he's great. He really is god he's he's just one of the best out there
3: Mm -hmm. and one of those guys that you want in the locker room he's a leader he's always dishing out advice yep even to announcers it's
2: such a good (laughs) and just such a and just always you know working really hard out there but yeah so that i really i thought it was a good idea and a a really good way to um you know get matt riddle over as um okay he he's kind of carefree or whatever, but bam, he'll take your head off. and uh, You know, he's extremely dangerous.
1: Do you think it's okay that this match ended with one flying knee, but in the gargano uh, Alistair Black match, there was like 30 flying knees? That yeah, it's just the fine. Down? Is it because, like, Matt Riddle has the UFC caliber under his belt, so that, like, something... Like, when Big Show throws a punch, you know it could knock you out
2: kind of thing? Some, yeah. Well, also, also maybe because it was an
4: impromptu match too. You yeah, know? and
2: maybe the other ones didn't, maybe the other twenty nine knees didn't land. land right. Okay. You know, maybe it was took that 30th one and <laughs> get him right on the button. All right. Different match. Yeah. Sometimes we overanalyze things a little too much.
3: <laughs> oh, I was just about to ask you a question that may be overanalyzing. Yeah. But uh, you know, someone like a Matt Riddle, you've known him before he went and yeah. kind of on his journey to NXT. How do you think he's fitting in there?
2: he's fitting in fine because he's just doing you know his thing and they're letting him do it they're not like you know people will give him advice or not advice say oh when you go there they're gonna take this from you do that and none of that they're just letting it they're just letting matt riddle be matt riddle you know um barefooted bunnies bunnies Flip flop slipper whatever he wants to come to the ring they're just letting him be Matt Riddle
4: mm-hmm.
2: and that's a really really smart way of doing that.
4: Well, that's him. I think that's an example of what we saw happen because when Matt Riddle came out he came out to a superstar reaction yes. and then after with how quickly everything went through he came out to me a bigger star. So sure. you already know like even if you're a fan that's just I don't know just watching or something like you know okay this guy they're doing something with him you know it doesn't take too much to realize that. Oh, so yeah. I think that's the cool part about this whole. Thing.
2: yeah and uh so let's keep going here help me out everyone. all right
3: well we had that two out of three falls match with the oh I'm, i almost just called them ladies the women the I'm women like, of nxt not, champion Shayna baszler what? i i um i, I wouldn't call Shayna baszler a lady to her face
2: she don't dig just it saying, i don't think so mm. okay
3: <laughs> but uh but you were digging that match though is that right
2: yeah of course yeah and i just think that uh and 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 Shane is a, a killer, and 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 she does. Oh my God, she pulls it off so good. Well, because it's unbelievable, and and like I've talked about her, um, you know, her progress before, and I've watched her evolve, her style, and her style has meshed a little bit more with the actual, you know, the style of. Pro-wrestling. Uh, pro you know, there's some rope work involved. Every now and then you're going to find yourself on the top rope. You know, I mean, those things happen. Um, and I think she's adjusted nicely to that mm-hmm. without compromising her thing, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and that's something, going back to Matt Riddle, that he, I think he is really good about. Um, but anyways, that being said, Ky- Kyrie Sane's a lot smaller than Shayna. And, yeah. and uh, n- nonetheless, like, it's been so believable. Like I totally believe, though, like that she oh, that she has a chance. She mm-hmm. moves at lightning yes. speed. Yeah, and and I thought the match was was just so well done, mm-hmm. and and um, and I was expecting it to be that good, honestly. And I I love the finish. Um, actually, the finish, uh, with the double crucifix.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, that was the finish I beat Ted DiBiase with. Actually, I used, to, I, used oh, hey. I used that finish a lot. I use that finish a lot.
1: Did you come off the top rope? Like, no, no, okay, no, no. You swung around. Yeah, was, no. Okay.
2: DBS, he put me out Like with the Million Dollar Dream. Mm-hmm. And then I was laying there and he took his time to cover me and he laid over, you know, laid Hockey. his back on me and then I rolled him up like that. One, two, three. Awesome. Yeah.
1: I loved how she hit the elbow. Looked so good, and then
0: oh no, she
2: rolled her yeah. over.
1: Uh, it was great. It yeah. was
0: it was a little confusing in the crowd, but wh- like because once everybody everybody thought that Kyrie won, and then when Shayna's music hit, everybody was like, wait, 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 what happened? Because the two rings had a little bit of an issue with visibility. Uh-huh. But it was. But I love that uh, Shayna returned the favor in re- in uh, using her finish against her yeah. to to get the victory. What a what a great match. I love yeah.
4: that you mentioned that, Mark, because I I was in the audience and I when I the whole thing happened, I thought exactly what you said. I was like, wait, yeah. I was like, what? What happened here? Oh man, I totally missed that finish. But I wanted to add that the cool part of what made this match was the heat that this match created. Yeah. It created so much heat that I think it made it that much better. That even though the fans didn't like Shayna winning, they were excited. And the fact is that this program is still feels so fresh, and that you know you're going to see them again, and you're looking forward to it. You know.
2: Yeah. What are they have? They had two, three matches. This is the third. third I mean, I, I think this is the
0: fourth. The first one being the finals The Young of the Finals.
2: Okay, yeah, counting that one. Yeah. So I'm, yeah, I still have an appetite for for another one of those. Actually.
1: Well, and I think the next step in this is involving the four horsewomen and maybe yeah. doing some kind of tag situation, yeah. building to eventually having all four of them come to face Becky, Charlotte, Sasha.
2: Mm-hmm. Also, I get I get high. I'm getting some high praise for Jessamine Duke actually that she's got anyways, yeah, she's doing fantastic from what I hear.
3: Oh, and that's praise coming from you or from others? No,
2: from others. Oh. Yeah.
3: She hasn't been there long.
2: Nope. It's not good for her.
1: She looks like a natural, though.
2: Yeah, apparently she is.
1: All of them have that feel. My favorite thing in this match was the no-look moonsault
4: from Sarai. Oh, my gosh. That was incredible. It looks so beautiful. So beautiful and
1: just trust. She never turned to see that they were there ready to catch her. She just hopped up there and did it.
2: Are That's you showing me? So are you showing that picture of uh, Lula and Kyrie Sane and I? I can. I'm about to. Oh, I thought you were already <laughs> doing it. Yeah, just go ahead and Aww. throw that shit up there, Mark. You got it. Yeah, whenever you want. Whenever we're talking about stuff. I don't care. It's up to you. So,
1: oh, Kyrie. Yeah. She was so excited to meet Lou. She loved it. Yeah. It was great.
2: Huh, I think we're going to maybe, I was thinking about doing a, just a, like a, maybe for the YouTube channel, doing a Lula show.
1: Yeah, let's do it. And maybe
2: pitch it to the network.
4: That'd be awesome. That's so cute.
2: We should get some Lula merch too. Lula yeah.
3: Yes, a T-shirt or two. Sean, did you have any other thoughts on the um, Gargano and uh, Black match or Valentine Dream and Champa? Touched on it a little bit.
2: I just I don't I don't know what to say about like Black and Gargano other than just you know, wow they have great chemistry together. I was expecting it to be good, but I mean it was so good. And I don't think they, I don't think they ever. I think they might have touched one other time. I don't think they've had really any matches before that. Then you know, to used to be. Some people already know this. When we would have a pay per view match, we would have two, three weeks a month. Even you know, sometime we would have two dozen matches or a dozen warm up matches with the guy before we actually had a pay per view match with them. Mm-hmm. You know, going back to the WrestleMania ten ladder match. With uh, Sean and and Scott, and they had a dozen, fi- fifteen of those, mm-hmm. and some of them were better than uh, the actual WrestleMania ten match. Wow! Yeah, none See, of them, lot, none, one, not one probably not up. one. No. Wow, that's crazy. Yep, that's crazy. Yeah.
1: None of that's filmed. Yeah,
2: and
3: so any preference as the performer whether you want to be involved in something that's that kind of elongated before the pay per view and get that practice in and really get down what goes over with the crowd and all that, or would you rather mm, just go out cold no, like, no, you like these out, two
2: did? It's nice to have a warm up. Yeah. 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 As long as it doesn't involve like, you know, going out there and doing the getting hurt. <laughs> yeah. So
4: Well, all that's left that we haven't talked about is the actual War Games match, which was really, really crazy, actually. Ricochet, Pete Dunne, War Raiders, defeated the Undisputed Era. What were your thoughts on that?
2: It was just off the charts, okay? Because, okay, each, you know, the matches before it were were so good, okay? And then this thing was just, uh, you know, War Games is a spectacle anyways, and so it's just that aspect of it, you know? Um. Oh, there's a few highlights right now, um, but just I, I just thought it was just m- m- laid out and just such a it, masterfully done. it was a, ma- a masterpiece, maybe is the right word to use. Um, you know all the different, you know segments of the match, um, and and how they. I just boy, I'm not being very articulate here right now. <laughs> Uh, well maybe
3: that just lends to how awesome it was. What do you think? There Marcus? Are no words.
2: For War Games? Yeah, man. Like Dude. I dare you chime in here <laughs> since you were uh, there.
0: With with war games, it I, I think some of the structure of five minutes, then three minutes and, and various things hurt it a little bit, uh, o- only a little bit, especially live because they took away the countdown clock so that people in the crowd wouldn't count down every minute like they did for the Iron Man match uh, oh earlier this God, year. God, let
3: the crowd do something once in a while. <laughs> Jesus.
0: Um, but uh, it, once everybody got in there, it was just boom, 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 into the uh, like, uh, and, and everybody had a chance to really work. The strategy was at play for Undisputed Era. If you followed the show, then you knew exactly what Undisputed Era had in store. So it was, how is the other team going to rise to the challenge? And I think that they did that in spades. Yeah.
4: Well, yeah, because the first half of the match, it almost seemed like it was just guys taking turns, doing their moves, no real actual story. But then once all the eight guys actually went in, like you said, Mark, that's really when it actually yeah. kicked off. So I know that the first portion of this match, you know, I kind of felt like, you know, some people were not as into it, you know, as maybe you would be at a war goons. But then at the same time, you know, that they are pacing themselves, trying to get yes. everything going. But then again, once all the eight guys were in there, it was just like nonstop.
2: Yep. And, uh, you know, I was sitting there at the, in the gorilla position. At that point, I was sitting next to Gabe Sapolsky talking about, we were, we were discussing this. And uh, and he was saying, I heard rumors that might you know, ricochet double moonsault. I don't know if they're going to do it, but... <laughs> Like he hasn't been
3: sitting at the big desk at the PC all week long listening to the plan for the match. Come
2: on, Gabe. Yeah, but okay, it's not like they rehearsed it like I was talking about earlier. It's not like, so, you know, talking about it, Gabe wasn't out there when they were going over it. So, I mean, he had a good idea, and um, so it wasn't a a huge shock that that it happened, but I was still just completely blown away. Look at that! It's, it's just you know that takes such huge balls, like because I'm I'm afraid of heights anyways, and then and also add on top of it like going backwards. That's why I couldn't do a good moonsault like that. Like I can do anything forward, you know, forward flip, forward somersault, anything, any of that stuff. But going backwards was an issue for me. Um, so that just anytime guys can do things like that, I'm just like, okay, wow. But, um, it's incredible. Well, okay, so Hanson Warbeard Hanson man, holy the MVP shit! Of this match. I remember yeah. Knows. yeah,
1: I loved everything he did. He came in hot, hit all his like signature moves. At one point, he even took the cage to the face, and then on the bounce back, got German suplex. Yeah, it was great. Yeah, he even does the the Bronco Buster. He did it, and it was <laughs>
2: great. Yeah, double right. Yeah, yeah. Did you and, talk to him about it at all? No, no. But I just I really enjoyed watching him out there and. uh stood out to me and and it's hard to stand out in in a match like that with all of those guys <laughs> with out the there. Eight guys, yeah. yeah, because some of the best guys in in the whole world are in that one match. Mhm. You know. Um yeah, some of the very best talent. like like honestly, if you like, have a top 10 guys, you know, like technically mm-hmm. like you know, the best technical wrestlers like quite a few of them. Yeah, are in that match they're, alone? They're
3: in one of those two rinks.
2: Yeah, and uh, and so yeah, War Beer. Like, you know what? I could uh, I could never do a lot of the stuff that guy does. Really? Ever? No way, man. I wouldn't even have tried some of that shit. Yeah.
1: Even though he's twice. Yeah, <laughs> he's more than
2: twice. <laughs> That's shit. crazy. So okay, I mean, I'm. It's just I. I. It never ceases to amaze me the things I see out of uh, people these days.
1: Well, you said you did a lot of the forward rolls. You ever do a 450? No. Okay. And don't be well, silly. Well, I'm seeing, I'm visualizing you doing the cannonball flips and stuff. I didn't know if you ever went for the full 450.
2: No. Because no? it was like, I, I don't know. Yeah, no. No.
1: I loved how everyone no. wore the paint, the war paint. Like the whole team, it reminded me of old school Survivor Series when someone would be on a Survivor Series team with someone like the Ultimate Warrior, and then they all would all wear face paint because that was the team captain or whatever. Uh, what do you think about them locking Pete Dunne in the cage at the end?
2: I I really liked that. I liked that, like that. I like that. Like that was part of the, what I was going to say as far as just the story of the match. Mm-hmm. You know, like Act One, Act Two, like a play almost. You know, oh, and yeah. there.
1: So that when the match actually started, that was like, here's your final act of the play? Yeah. Okay. That yeah. makes a lot of sense.
2: Yeah. It's like the the big final battle scene in Game of Thrones last year. Alert. <laughs> no, last year. <laughs> okay. the, the fucking last season. All right. You know, like it was this huge, massive, I don't know if that was the final episode, but you remember the big, ba- you know what I'm talking about? Game of Thrones, anyone here? <laughs> hey, yeah. no Come on, Thrones. help me oh, out God, here, Marcus. I no, I no, I
4: haven't seen that one Holy show. Holy shit. So. Uh, I
2: don't watch oh my shows. God, nobody fucking Game of Thrones <laughs> we here. We be
4: the
3: three only people in the world that don't watch yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like how you ended up with us, Sean, sorry.
2: <laughs> Anyways, it's just like the grand finale and the fireworks display, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what that was. Yeah, it was fucking great. Oh, my God. So, you know, um, I said this in in a tweet. I said this last takeover, and it holds true. Uh, NXT takeovers always follow the last one Mm -hmm. and quite often top the last uh, show. They they at least always follow it, Mm -hmm. which is amazing, unheard of. What
4: about the differences in the crowd? Because when I was sitting there, I just felt a big difference in the people that were there and the energy that was there for NXT TakeOver versus any of the other shows, whether it was Survivor Series or whether it was Raw or etc. I feel that the audience is so engaged at the NXT shows because they know that each match is going to bring something and it's going to deliver something different. And I kind of felt that that's something that really, really helped the show. Was, you know, obviously the audience and whatnot, but I just felt like it was such a difference and I remember sitting there and just thinking like man I haven't felt this way in a really long time at a live wrestling show
2: the NXT They're able to cater to their specific You know fan base. They know what it is mm-hmm. and they cater to it and they write their show for it. the the main roster the smackdown and the raw there's a lot more that goes into everything and they're trying to please everyone
3: mm-hmm. and there's a everyone
2: lot more watching
3: more casual fans you know I mean
2: yeah time. casual fans kids this that you know the people that like you know the, con- the you know the comic relief shit like you know it's just it's not you can't target like okay we're writing for these people because they're not they're writing for a broader audience
3: yeah.
2: It's different. It really is. Um, that's why uh, it's so much better of a show. Mm-hmm. It just, it's, it's, you know, and like you said, you got four. What was it? One, two. It was three, five. Four, five matches. You know. Yeah. yeah. I was, so, I mean, we could actually cover all the matches. <laughs>
3: <laughs> and we still got time to talk about... Yeah,
2: yeah, we're going to Survivor Series. One... Oh.
3: Why don't
0: we, why don't we take oh, a break what? before... Well, let's take a break before we head on to Survivor Series.
2: All right, let's take a break. All right, we're back. And you know how I am about full disclosure on the show. This is take two of the segment. <laughs> for a couple different reasons... <laughs> One is I had to go to the bathroom. <laughs> Two is I didn't like the way the segment was going when we taped it the first time because I was all over the map. You know my brain's a little i a little brain this this afternoon and uh and so I figured we could do this again because it's my show. not yeah! the boss. And so I'm gonna hand it over to you ladies. <laughs>
4: All right, well, after an incredible NXT TakeOver, which we just raved about, we had the main show, which was Survivor Series 8 matches. But let's go ahead and go over the highlights of the show, starting off with the pre-show match, which was the Usos, the New Day, Sanity, the Good Brothers, the Colones defeated uh, the Revival, Bobby Roode, Chad Gable, Lucha House, Party of the Ascension, the B Team. Why did I name all the teams?
2: <laughs> I don't know
4: why. It was I don't fun. know why. It was just too many of them. Props for
1: knowing yeah. all those
2: names. Yeah. <laughs> I, I it was just, it was a good match. It it was entertaining. It was a night you know. Um, it, people say okay uh, should have been on the main show. It was on the show, okay, um, okay. Like in our heads, it might okay. It matters okay. Hey, like technically we're not considered on the main show, but if you give me. Uh, that fresh crowd, that fresh hot crowd, and the pay is the same regardless. I don't give a shit if you tell me I'm in the pre-show or the first match on the main show. If the pay is the same, whatever. And it was a nice match. Uh, it it was really rushed in a lot of you know early on trying to get through some of those uh, you know Im- eliminations, mm-hmm. and that happens quite a bit, you know. Um, but i think they you know the s- certain guys in there were able to slow things down and you know and and get it uh at a more you know less frantic pace it's hard it's really hard when a match starts out in a, fan- a frantic pace like that uh to slow the pace down mm-hmm. like you have to have something like a finish or a like a guy gets cut off or something um but there's just so many people involved it's it's totally understandable how this thing could have ended up being paced like that but they slowed it down um you know so many great teams out there in that match usos obviously one of the greatest teams in the world um uh so uh i really i thought that was a remarkable spot with the german suplex up the top rope to the floor onto everyone one of the usos kind of scary to me i'm not gonna go into why Uh, anyways yeah good stuff Good right. stuff.
4: Well, one of the other matches that was very, was talked about, not specifically just because of the match, but because of the ending of the match, which was the women's elimination match. Yeah. What did you think about that, especially with Nia Jax being the sole survivor?
2: Exactly how I would have done it. Yeah. I thought that, I thought it was a really good match. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, thought, I thought, you know, um, everyone looked pretty good in there. I, to me, the ones that, I, I thought Asuka stood out to me for some reason. Uh, well, not for some reason because she did great. Yeah, she's but, Asuka. Yeah. Um Yeah, it was just it was a lot going on, obviously in, in these matches, and you know, everybody's got to get their shit in, and uh, and I thought it was I thought everyone got their shit in, and it didn't look like everyone was just trying to get their shit in, for the most part. <laughs> which but is a season vet
3: like you can tell.
2: Yeah, and yeah, good stuff, and uh, I just thought that uh, it was nice to see, you know. Um, some real heel heat. I hate how we ended up with it. Yeah. Obviously with Anaya, Uh, but that's what you call he, like the kind of heel heat that you don't see anymore because that's not what they're trying for these days. We, with sponsors and all this, we're not you know we're not going for that real old school like you know. I'm, I don't want to get into what you know the kind of shit they were, you know, that we used to do in wrestling to get heat, you know. We know. You know, well, just two
4: weeks ago, Sean, we were talking about this about the fact that there is no real heel heat anymore, yeah. thanks to social media, which was one of the factors oh, of with, that. With
2: Kevin Sullivan, exactly, yeah.
4: exactly. But one of the things that when you just said it it reminded me of you know the whole Nia Jax Becky Lynch thing and the injury mm-hmm. and all of that yeah. It almost reminded me of what happened on Impact with Sammy Callahan Callahan and Eddie Edwards you know sort of that you know that accidental yeah. you know error that happened and then Sammy going on on Twitter and saying like I'm not going to apologize and that's sort of what Nia Jax did too when she tw- when she tweeted no one's gonna ask me about how my fist feels, and I feel that that pissed
2: a lot of people off. Even sure. I
4: got a little, a yeah. little triggered. Good. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay, good. Please.
2: Hey, good. You know what? Like, if once you get something like this that happens, uh, you know, capitalize on it. You know, run with it. And you know, yeah, it's going to piss people off. Fine. It's okay. You know. I mean. Um, yeah. Welcome to like what it used to be like when wrestling fans were mad at bad guys you know and that's what it used to be like Denise <laughs> how's it feel it
4: feels you know what I was a little upset I was like oh I can't believe she put that and that's then I was good. like Denise stop it like you understand you know you know better than this but I still couldn't help it to get a how little upset this?
2: how about this Denise don't stop it
4: there you go and let and, it let it breathe enjoy it
2: enjoy it just do it yeah and just react and, and, and you know um yeah, just let it happen. It uh you know, we don't have to know how the sausage was made all the time and we don't have to know everything. You know, all I uh, everyone's just so like everyone's starving to know all the inside scoop and you know how David Copperfield made the Statue of Liberty disappear, which I figured out, but that's another <laughs> story. You can tell story. <laughs>
4: Well, Uh, another thing that people were, you know, pretty upset about, and I guess you can say this was something that you did not expect to happen, which was Enzo Amore coming and trying to hijack the show during the AOP and the bar match. Like, I don't know. What did you guys think about that? He came in, he was sort of undercover, hiding behind a hoodie, and the next thing you know, he's yelling off at the top of his lungs, doing a promo in the second row, and then he gets tackled down by security.
2: Yeah. So, okay. Ugh.
3: I've been dying to hear your thoughts on oh, this, Sean. Yeah,
2: me too. <laughs> well, because you know, some people might want to compare this to, say, like our invasion of WCW, or or something like you like, know, the just
1: PW guys showing up at e Wave ninety eight in the front row.
2: And nobody then. knows what you're talking about, Jimbo. I yeah,
3: and in twenty years, they're not going to know about what we're talking about.
1: <laughs> I bet someone out there listening. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure. But
2: like, there's, there's still that's a pretty obscure reference. Guys like showing up and. Yeah, like the XPW guys I'm just showed about up.
1: people that aren't contracted. They got their asses
2: beat, didn't yeah. they? <laughs>
1: people that yeah. aren't contracted showing up at another show yeah. to get themselves over by standing up and making yeah. a scene during a main event. And then, yeah, the ECW locker room cleared out and all those guys got the shit kicked out of them.
2: <laughs> Pretty yeah. bad, I heard. Yeah.
1: That's yeah, from what I heard, too. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Um but so, okay. It's just that I right, it's it was a hair brain scheme. Like that's not how you do it. Like if you're gonna, if you're gonna do something like that, you don't come in and like sit there. Like, okay, I'm waiting for my, you know, sit in that seat waiting for your, you know. I'm not sure w- exactly what where what he was waiting for, but okay. Um, so I I was in the back and uh, they figured out right away because everyone started tweeting like pictures of him, you know. Yeah. So they knew. And uh, as soon as they sent security, and first of all, so now they know he's there, so there's no way he's getting on any camera time because they're going to make sure that you know that the cameras are not going to be on him. They know where, right where he's at. and uh, so they sent security as soon as he sees security, I guess that's when he got up on the on the, uh, the chair on the chair and that's when... Um, when she's my favorite that, uh, of their security. Is, uh, the, her, name's the woman. Yeah, her name's Lisa. Yeah, and we've seen her name's Lisa. She's great. And she's a huge, she loves Lou. Aww. And she was like wondering where Lou was. And I was like, I didn't bring her today. But, anyways, yeah, so uh, Lisa yoked him down off of his chairs and I think jacked him up against the wall in the back. Yes. And, uh, um, anyways, she got a standing ovation from the, <laughs> from the talent in the back. Um, it's, besides the fact that it was incredibly disrespectful to everyone in the match, um, that that was done to, uh, like, okay, putting all that aside, if you're going to go do that, you don't go, you just go in. When you're ready to do it, you go in and you do it. You don't wait. Um, so, I mean, it wasn't a i he did get some publicity out of it
0: mm-hmm.
2: you know uh it's just
3: you know it's not like
2: okay, he's this beloved figure in the wrestling industry. I think the whole thing would have been you know received a lot better by the wrestling community, you know, I just don't think anyone likes Enzo.
3: They they don't, and yeah. he, we got a little uh, peek inside his head, actually, last night. He had a show here in Los Angeles, and yeah. when he got on the mic, he said, I can't thank you enough for coming here today. It means the world to me. They took away what I love more than anything in the effing world, and I refuse to let them take my voice. I'm up against a giant right now, but I'm the only mf'er er with the balls to go against that giant, and that's oh, a fact. give me a fucking I mean, break.
2: right? Yeah, give me a break, man. Yeah. You know... Like, I I usually don't, like, because I know him a little bit. I know Enzo a little bit. Mm -hmm. And he actually reached out to me on, sent me a text about trying to book the Roxy for that night. Oh, wow. Yeah. I just wanted...
3: You just hands off? Hands Hands off.
2: off, Yeah, I'm just like, I I don't even want to say anything bad about, uh, you know, I try not Mm -hmm. to even comment on it, but like, come on, man.
3: If he asked you, you for know, your advice right now just, as to what the next step
2: stop. should be for him? I, I, have, I can't. No, I'm not giving advice to someone that doesn't take advice. Oh.
4: Do you think his relationship with WWE is irreplace, like not fixable now after what he did with trying to hijack pretty, the
2: show? I, look, he wasn't going back before that. Right. So whatever. <laughs> but like here's the thing. You're not up against... A giant, because the giant like doesn't consider that you're not even on their radar, man. Right. Like even now, okay, they just okay. You're barred from the Staples Center. Here's a, a like here's a, like they didn't even make that the
1: picture. The picture, they, like, no
2: the, the the Staples Center did yeah. that on their own. Oh
1: really? Yeah. Oh,
2: okay. They completely forgot about him by the next day on the different shit. So, no, there's no war. Like, maybe you can try to make this imaginary thing that, you know, I'm up against this giant. They took this from me. No, you took it from yourself by the way you handle yourself. You know, um, yeah.
3: One more question. There were reports that there were police backstage after this altercation talking to Liv Morgan about possibly taking out a restraining order against him. Did you see the police there? Did you see any of those conversations? No, going and on? I
2: can't comment on any of that. I don't I didn't even know that they had a past relationship or anything like that. Yeah, I just it. feel that like that you know how does someone even like
4: It's sad. Uh, it's sad all around. Hmm. Well, I just feel like you're... I was trying to figure out like at first, okay, you know, I feel like he did it as a way to sort of do it for like publicity and promote promote his upcoming show because it was yeah. just a few days after that. But then you go back and I think it was the 15th where he was kicked off the plane for vaping. Mm-hmm. And then he went on Twitter and said, apparently you can't vape inside the Staples Center. And I was just kind of like, all those things aren't adding up to where I'm yeah. wondering now if this is more of something where he's having sort of like uh, a breakdown You know, yeah. after what he's been through with the company. He might be like, oh, you know, I lost it all and now he's reacting to all of that, you know
2: i it yeah. could, could be it could be, and you know when somebody that's has a huge yeah. narcissist complex starts when their world starts falling apart, it's just you know poor me, I'm the victim, and everyone's out to you know get me and you know um you know I'm a victim of the criminal you know criminal justice actually the criminal justice system worked for you because you're not in jail right now. That's you know, uh, an investigation happened, and they found out there wasn't enough evidence. So, right. even if you did do it, like you know, the 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 system worked in your case. You're not a fucking victim of it.
1: I think if his goal was to draw publicity and get attention, he would have been better suited to do kind of what like the being the elite did when they semi-invaded Raw and just all was like, "Hey, we're all going to be at this hot topic. Come meet us there. Hey, Raw's right down the street. Let's all go walk together." If he would have showed up somewhere and been like. Who wants like one of my free T-shirts or wants a free copy of my new album?
2: No, but the difference is, is people like those guys. Mm-hmm. People like those, you know, uh, the young bucks. They they're good people mm-hmm. that don't do fucked up shit. You know that are good for the industry. So you're going to get behind them trying to do something like that. You're going to think it's funny. Like and okay, some people did like this, and yeah. it, and it's something to talk about you know but like when you really look at it it's just ridiculous yeah, it's stupid
1: at the same time wrestling fans that are there are going to be excited that there's a guy i used to see yeah. on tv and, and he's so- willing to take a picture with me and, and-, and he's doing this so they're going to crowd around him and that would have been the hype he wanted i think he was waiting till the cruiserweight match but it was getting shared on social media so he figured like i got to yeah. do this now right, especially Steam security before they pull me out and this is a huge waste
4: mm-hmm. i'm so glad he didn't do it during that match because that would have been like very irritating and mm-hmm.
1: And even the match he did it in, like what the AOP? You could see one of the AOP guys staring dead at him. Like, how did those guys not get out of the ring Cesaro style and r- rip him in half
2: like a beach ball? Well, yeah,
4: you and you know? think about it. Like, had it been like another guy or you know a, a person with a different type of personality, they might yeah. have been like, "Dude, what the heck?" You know, uh, like, like if it
2: was. I mean, here's the thing. I don't. I'm done talking about that shit. Okay. You know, he we, he's gotten enough uh, X Pac one two three sixty time. Okay. Fuck that. Yeah. Well, All right.
4: moving on then, you know, something that was also a, maybe a little bit unexpected, but was very much talked about, which was Ronda versus Charlotte. But it wasn't specifically, again, the match itself. It was more of the aftermath of what happened with the whole beatdown. And then the way that, you know, Ronda sort of came about from that and then how the crowd reacted. The crowd was not having it with Ronda. You know, personally, I think had... You know, because they essentially, Charlotte did the Pillman spot. Had she just, you know, been stretchered out, Ronda Rousey, I don't think that the crowd would have reacted this way, but I don't know what were, were your thoughts.
2: So you're telling me you think that the crowd turned on her because she didn't get stretchered out?
4: I think so. I per- I think, like, had she, like, actually, like, stayed there, she wouldn't have actually, like, walked out. They wouldn't actually have booed her.
2: Mm. I didn't think about that, actually. Uh, but, I mean, it was talked about whether she should walk out or not so it's not like something that wasn't discussed but uh um, I would, regardless although like you know what that is a, like, I thought that could have been sold a lot more even you know considering what they did with the chair on the on the neck and all that like so yeah like that could have probably been sold more but um, it was just an amazing match. I, I just I, I it never ceases to amaze me um, and and obviously Charlotte, it goes without saying how great Charlotte is yeah. but to, to, you know just geez, Rhonda's like and I hear people go you know like there's some debate back and forth about ah, she's not really that great she, bullshit <laughs> bullshit, you cannot like what she tweets, you cannot like you know some of the homo she's done lately or the you know, whatever, but bullshit, if you don't think that, um, when when the bell rings in there, like, bell to bell, that she is, I mean, light years ahead of where she should be right now. Light years. I mean, you see a couple little things here and there, but, and, and, and honestly, like, the, the the beating she took, and and that's probably the worst kendo stick beating I've ever seen in wrestling Industry. Wow, and, that's
3: saying a lot. Yeah, and yeah.
2: I and I took the worst one in Mexico. In Mexico, before that, I was stra- I was I was Zorro. Did it? He um, they came out in the uh, um, square in Cuervo, yeah. the guy that got hit with the brick. Oh. Did you see that? Show? Yeah,
4: yeah. I just saw that.
2: Yeah, those letter. guys. They came out and they 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 duct taped me to the ring robes with my back exposed, and and I got whipped with the the uh, kendo stick and I was told Zoro I said I'm gonna if I tell you to hit me harder you know harder harder but the tip of the kendo stick came off so <sighs> the very tip was exposed the the, the bamboo so oh, it was ripping into my it was ripping my skin and so I was telling him to stop and he said I he thought I kept saying harder harder because you know the crowd was going crazy uh, and yeah. yeah I was just a complete bloody mess. it was just it was disgusting actually. People were like, horrified by it. Yeah, It might have been a little too much. I'm not going to lie. In Mexico, yeah. it might have been too much. So that's <laughs> saying something yeah. right there. So Rhonda's Ronda's looked worse than mine. <laughs> wow. Uh, yeah. Her
1: welts and bruises yeah. when she was trying to get off the ring and you could yeah. see the medic go to touch her. and She's like, don't touch me. Don't touch me. I got yeah. this. She looked bad.
2: Yeah. like, oh. Huh. Mm, yeah. ballet. So this match was... One of the, I mean, just such a such a great match. Um, I don't know what else to say about it. You know, I just, I really, uh, the the both of these last two matches were just so good. I mean, these two matches alone carry the whole pay per view just fine, as far as I'm concerned. Mm-hmm. If every other match sucked, that's what I meant by that. If every other match sucked, but those two matches, I'm still all, like, I'm a big fan of this fucking pay per view.
1: Denise brought up a good point. Do you think that this would have been the ending had she faced Becky?
2: I have no idea. None.
3: And any thoughts on where this is all going now? What this means for a Mania match?
2: No, but I think it kind of like, okay, people are starting to talk about, obviously, Becky's on fire, right? Yeah. So, you know, maybe a lot of the spotlight was leaving Charlotte. Now I'm kind of like going, okay, some of that spotlight's back on Charlotte again. There's plenty of spotlight to go around as long as somebody's, you when, know, when bringing it. When doing
3: this well, yeah.
2: Yeah. So, yeah. Great. Great for her. Psh. Mm-hmm. You know, these the ladies are... The ladies. The women <laughs> are showing the men how shit's supposed to be done. I dig that.
4: Yeah, yeah. That's cool. That's cool. So, moving on, which was Brock Lesnar defeated Daniel Bryan, and this match... Actually, was you know a lot of people are are absolutely loving this match mainly because of the story that it told Um,
2: tremendous it was brilliant brilliant and you know it's so hard to follow what they had to follow you know with all of that and how they did it that's exactly how you follow something like that you don't go out there like panicking Okay, we just, you know, we're following that. We got to do something to get the people. No, take your time. Nice and slow. And it's exactly how they did it, you know? Like, you know, there was a bit of stalling, and, you know, like, started real slow. And, you know, then obviously everyone saw the match. I don't have to go through every (laughs) freaking thing that happened in the match. But, you know, it got uncomfortable at some point, right? Yeah. Yeah you know and then and then the kick to the balls and then it <laughs> shit's on right and what? it's just so good so good and after that kick to the balls anything can happen it's like okay and and honestly like i right until like uh, daniel bryan lost i thought he had a chance and i'm sitting right there in gorilla position watching it with you know everyone, and you know, uh, even though even the one the people that knew what was happening are into it and uh, on the edge of their seats, you know, so that's how great that match was. But, and that's up to Brock, you know, um, you hear things about Brock, and and probably all true, you know it was about I, whatever. Uh, I, I mean the guy's he's a freak. And and the, what he brings to the table, like uh, I'm just rambling here, folks. I'm just rambling here. I um.
3: All right, praise I for Rock Lesnar.
2: Yeah, yeah.
3: That's that's pretty major getting praise from, um, from you, Sean. Not really.
2: There it is. <laughs> you think?
1: Stop. Stop. Well, you spoke earlier about panicking. Another show this weekend had David Arquette on it, and he had a panic moment where. He
2: well, you think? I don't think like okay, you don't have to be new. Like okay, you can be wrestling twenty five years, and somebody fucking uh, slices your fucking jugular vein with with a broken light tube. You'll probably panic too. You know, I get it. I I really am not. I I, I pissed me off watching that. I wasn't happy like, and. Look, I understand like on paper and how we put these things together, but like how did they think that was really gonna turn out well, i mean i don't I don't know i I just
3: you think it went too
4: far
2: it did it went way too fucking far, way too far. Well,
4: Arquette, he did post on his Twitter the the long paragraph that he posted. He posted that he did not know the extent of which this match, you know, how it was going to really all play out. And he even took, he took full responsibility. He apologized to the sport of wrestling for any negative attention that it brought back. And he said That's that if fault. he does come back in the near future, that he will not be doing this sort of match. But yeah. that right now his full attention will be on acting. I talked producing. to
2: him. I saw him outside the Staples Center after... Uh, during NXT, he wasn't, he didn't stay the whole time. I was out giving, I was out taking a up you know, I had to take her outside for a bathroom <laughs> break. And so I saw him outside, and we talked briefly. Yeah, that wasn't, the neck thing wasn't supposed to happen. Okay. That wasn't supposed to happen. So regardless of what, I mean, I he told me that himself. And look, it's nice of, of him to say that put that statement out you know try to take the heat off of whatever Nick but, Cage. yeah it, it's and I, I'm sure Nick Gage is a good guy but sometimes we go too far sometimes we make mistakes like our game changer wrestling like the, the promoter put out a statement mm-hmm. you know just kind of defending everything look it was wrong it was in, in, in hindsight it was a bad decision Bad decision, and especially like the decisions and the choices made during the match. Um, uh, but you know, it's okay in 2018. I, 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 I don't understand what the problem is with somebody actually just admitting, Hey, okay, yeah, this thing went too far, you know. Um, some, you know, and it, it's okay to own shit and admit like we made him... You know, mistake or you know something like that, as opposed to doubling down on bullshit. I I don't like it. I what don't do like you, it.
4: Do you think right now it's so much competition and so many different? There's so many talent talent guys, talented guys out there doing all of this crazy stuff that everyone feels they have to top one another. Yes. And do you feel like maybe that's like what's what went wrong? They just took it too far with somebody that you know wasn't you know prepared to go into a match like that. You know
2: just get worked up things you know people i don't know you were there right Chimbo? I, I was there yeah and would the people get worked up into a frenzy people
1: were super into it and yeah. everyone was looking forward to david arquette coming out and like fighting nick gage because no one knew what would happen but then yeah once it became more of a death match than a wrestling match fans were into it especially when david hit like the diamond cutter through the light tubes people were like oh cool but you could see as soon as things changed And it got scary, and fans didn't know what to react to. Like, hey, this isn't cool. Like, we shouldn't be cheering this. Is this guy okay? He should go. He needs a medic. What's going on? Yeah, so
2: what happened? Like, what was Nick Cage's deal in there? Nick
1: Gage. So Nick Gage breaks
2: Gage. (laughs)
1: breaks a light tube over his head in, like, a camel clutch position, and he went to pretend to, like, carve his forehead. Dave grabs both his legs and pulls them out from under him, so he ended up carving his forehead and cutting his neck. When Dave realizes his next cut, he turns around and grabs Nick by the throat and is like, dude. And then you can see Dave get up and leave the ring because he doesn't know what to do. And then he decides to come back to the ring and kind of goes for a pin, kind of goes for a pin. And then Nick, probably thinking, like, I'll hit you with these light tubes and that'll be the finish, hits Dave again with light tube. Dave gets pissed, hits him with the chair. They start going back and forth again. Nick hits a hip toss and pins him. Dave gets right back up and walks right out of the ring Mm -hmm. and then was... Walking out with Luke Perry and him and Luke Perry are talking. And Luke Perry's like, you need to go to the hospital, man, right right now. And they just left. So Mm -hmm. all the Game Chaser people were like, where'd David Arquette go? Oh, he just left? So none of them knew how pissed he was, what the situation was. It was very scary. On top of the match before that, someone shattered their leg. Marco stunt got sure it. yeah so it was just a, a night of crazy reactions and fans not knowing like is this part of the show yeah. or not
2: okay so look and to what you were asking me Denise okay there's so much competition right and and a lot of indie wrestling it kind of is blended like you, you sometimes you can't tell one show from another because a lot of the talent is interchangeable on all these shows and so, and, and, and I respect what they're trying to do and bring something different. It's something, it's a niche, you know, it's like not mainstream wrestling by any means. And, and no one, like, they're never, they're not saying it was. And like, I, I, I don't even have a problem with the death match thing. It's not my cup of tea, but I don't begrudge someone from liking that. Like, it's just like different types of porn. <laughs> I hate to say it, but you know, there's people have their kinks, right? And I might not like that shit, bondage, or you know, but you know, whatever, it's your thing. But just come on, like it. it sometimes it. Sometimes we can go too far. That's all I'm saying. You know. And how about just saying, okay, yeah, that went too far.
1: Well, yeah, and I think because it went too far, it overshadowed so many, overshadowed so many good things that happened Mm -hmm. at the show. Like uh, Jungle Boy, Luke Perry's kid, had an amazing show-stealing match, and Hardcore Holly versus Brody King was a really good match. D'Lo Brown killed it against Ethan Page, so this was a really good and fun show. Until people didn't know like what is supposed to be happening here, and like I shouldn't be cheering this. I should be worried, or should I not be worried because this is part of the show? It's like
2: it's like to me, it's like snuff. It got to the point where it's like, okay, it goes from, you know, hardcore porn to snuff almost. And you're like, uh, yeah. Yeah. So all right, that's all. Like, and and, and I I want to I, I I just want to say like I want to encourage Game Changer Wrestling to keep doing their thing as far as bringing something different, you know, to wrestling. But like, own your shit, you know. Move forward, you know. Don't make bullshit excuses and uh, just go, you know. We're going to keep trying to bring you guys some crazy out there shit. And hopefully we don't, you know, step over the line. If we do again, well, you know, we'll deal with it. But just to act like, oh, we didn't do anything wrong. Come on. All right. Is there anything else?
1: I think that's it, man. All
2: right. So I guess we're going to get out of here.
1: You over it?
2: Yeah. Yeah.
3: You shared a a lot of thoughts today. Did I? Yeah. Good stuff, though, man. Very good stuff. It's so good to hear your thoughts on these shows, Sean.
2: All right. Well, Well, I'm sick of hearing myself.
1: (laughs) Well, if you want to see Sean in person, you can see him at ACW in Wisconsin Friday, November 30th. Tickets at acwwisconsin.com. And then the next day, uh, December 1st, he'll be at House of Hardcore. Tickets at houseofhardcore.net. Also, uh, go on our YouTube page if you haven't subscribed. Subscribe. There's a new video up. There's one with behind the scenes of Becky Lynch, Sean, and Mick Foley at the Mick Foley Comedy Show. It's really cool. And then there's a figure unboxing with the 123 Kid figure. If you go and you watch this video, share it on social media, use the hashtag x 12360 tag us. I'm going to be giving this figure away, signed by Sean, in two weeks. So this is episode 114. At episode one tic- 116, I'll pick a winner for that.
2: All right. So cool. I like that. That sounds good.
1: And then you could follow me on Twitter at Jimbo. Jimbo, and- you
2: giving giving away shit out of your own collection yeah man wow yeah hook up the fans you that's know? what's up They're he everybody. has a lot of figurines <laughs> <laughs> all right
4: awesome uh, you guys can follow me on twitter and on instagram at underscore denise salcedo december 1st and december 7th i will have two last shows for this year at ewf so make sure to follow me on there and then youtube.com slash denise salcedo
2: so hey christy yeah. um What's going on with eighty three weeks?
4: Uh, well
3: everybody can tune in tonight. We'll be live on YouTube After Buzz TV Wrestling and Sports Channel at nine PM Eastern. Tonight yeah. we are covering they broke down Eric's first uh, year in WWE and it was a great episode of eighty three weeks. Tonight
2: so. Wednesday or tonight Tuesday? Oh I meant oh geez. don't worry. Yes. They all right, know. we'll go back the and watch. it'll <laughs> be up by right now. So go back and watch, subscribe on Apple
3: Podcast after eighty three weeks with Christy Olson. We have yeah. fun.
2: Have you guys connected? With, with Conrad oh, and Eric at all. Um,
3: Eric tweeted me on yeah. Saturday that we need to talk. Yeah. And I haven't heard from him, so I'm a little nervous. To be <laughs> honest with you.
2: Oh, yeah. Where you? Do you think he? Anyways.
3: I'm not really sure. Yeah. I say a lot of stuff, guys. I say a lot of stuff, yeah. but he says he's a lot right. of stuff. Yeah. I'm we, sure he's
2: just fine. Yeah, he's my, he's my
3: former St. Cloud State alum, so.
2: He's the State Cloud State Guard? Yeah, dude. Get out. Yeah. Right. True story. All right. Let's also, get the, what? We,
1: we uh a possible Christmas get together at the Wrestling Guy store. We're going to work out that kinks. But yeah, in the next few weeks. to come about that. Yeah. So keep, keep your eyes peeled and ears peeled for that one. All right.
2: We're getting the hell out of here. Bye. See you next week.
0: From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, Sean Waltman, producers Mark B. Donica, Jimbo Frank, and the entire XPOC 12360 staff, we would like to thank you for tuning in. Like us on Facebook, rate and comment on iTunes and YouTube, follow XPOC on Twitter at The Real X-Pac and email us at XPOC 12360Show at gmail.com.
2: The Westwood One Podcast
1: Network.